Hey, Satori Shakur, coming to you live from WDET in Detroit. Our next storyteller, Jane Garcia, born of a Mexican immigrant mother who had to work two jobs, leaving her brother and she alone at home, unsupervised. Next thing you know, they're in foster care. This is Jane's story of her navigation through that system. Ladies and gentlemen, Jane Garcia. Ay, buenas noches a todos. I, did any of you ever see the uh, movie about Ruben Santiago Hudson, who was raised in a boarding house by a very loving lady who happened not to be his mother? Wonderful. Well, that movie reflected a little bit about my life. I was, uh, I was born in Detroit, born and raised in Detroit. Very proud of that. My mother was a Tejana. For anybody who don't know what a Tejana is, that's a Texas chick. <laughs> Unfortunately, she couldn't read and write. And when my father left, she ran a boarding house. And, you know, I loved the stories that came in, you know, single men, some married women, some not married women. Uh, it was always interesting and fun, I thought. I didn't know any better because my mother also worked at night in a bar across the street from our home. But that wasn't things that you did in the late 50s. You know what I'm saying? And she couldn't read and write. And so she did the best she could with the skills that was given to her, okay? And I loved her for that. Um, but the courts removed my brother and I because it was not fitting to be in a house like that, okay? And, you know, when you're young and you don't know any better, you think, hey, that's okay. My poor mother had that stamina, that an unfit mother. And, you know, she lived with that for many, many years. God rest her. So we were very blessed in our home because we were appointed by the courts because we became wards of the state. We were appointed this beautiful black lady named Mrs. Helen Manderville. That name, Helen Manderville, who eventually became head of the juvenile court system. But in that time, she became our social worker. This was this beautiful lady who wore hats and gloves. You know, your typical ladies from the late 50s and early 60s. She was this lady who really guided us, guided and took care of my mother because my mother was angry. You know, she was this angry woman. They took her children. You know, when is she getting them back? Mrs. Manderville was a lady who was very calm, very collective. You know, would always say, Senora Calvajal, it's going to be okay. You know, it's going to be okay. She would tell me, because I was a defiant young lady, always getting in trouble, talking back a lot, um, got me in a lot of trouble. My brother and I were placed in a, in a Sarah Fisher home, south somewhere in Inkster, an 11-mile but when you're living on Six and Porter, 11 Mile and Inkster is a long way away. And my mother didn't drive, so she would ask people to take us, you know, friends, neighbors, people that she knew, take us every Sunday. She would go out there, God bless her, she would go out there making homemade tortillas and tamales and menudo. She would bring the food hot. I don't know how the heck she did it, but she did it because she didn't think we ate well, okay? We're, we're in this place, and it was an institution. They fed you three times a day, but my mother didn't care. 
pobrecita. And Mrs. Mandeville would always say to me, that shows you how much your mother cares. She may not have the money, you know, she may not have, she may not be able to read and write, she can't drive, but she brings you what she thinks will fill your heart, your soul, your body. She taught me that because in the meantime, I had to learn to respect my mother because Mrs. Mandeville kept telling me, now Miss Jane, you know better. I loved it when she would always say, Miss Jane, you don't need to talk back. You don't need to get in trouble every day. <laughs> so it was difficult, but I did it. <laughs> she would strike up a deal, and she would say, you know what? If we can do this, we can do this. You know, it was really interesting because, uh, you know, I didn't understand being a ward of the state, you know, authority. And I didn't do well with authority. They actually rule your life. So my brother and I were in the Sarah Fisher home for one year. He got to go home after a year because he was the boy. I tell you, they got different rules here, you know? <laughs> Anyways, it, you know, he got to go home, and I loved my brother, and I took care of him when he was there because he didn't do well with nuns. Uh, but, you know, uh, <laughs> I, from there I went to foster care. Mrs. Manderville, you're talking about 1960. Mrs. Manderville put me in a Spanish-speaking foster home. Do you know how hard it was to find a Spanish-speaking Foster, it's hard today, honey. It was real hard in 58. But anyways, it, it was interesting because she always said that, you know, and then uh, she was always on me. She was, she was my savior. She was somebody that said, you can do it, Miss Jane. You just have to concentrate. You just have to remember to listen. Well, <laughs> she would always tell me that. And, and when by the time I was 12, I was at a St. Joseph's Academy in Adrian, Michigan. You'd think Sarah Fisher was home, honey. Adrian, Michigan was on the other side of the world of my mother. Uh, and it was a boarding school. It was a very, very exclusive boarding school run by other parts of nuns, you know? I didn't do well with nuns either. Uh, anyway, so I remember, I'll never forget it. One day I was ringing the bell. I was told to ring a bell. And I said, okay, you know, it rang the bell. I guess I stepped out of line and a nun, the superior nun, came up and Instead of just taking me and telling me to stop, she decided to slap me. My reaction was I slapped her back. <laughs> but, but, you know, but people don't realize that, you know, there are some consequences for that behavior. <laughs> and the behavior usually leads to expungion, you know. So I said, Miss Manderville brought my mother up, you know, my poor mother's crying. And she says, you got to kiss her ring or something. I wasn't doing that. Uh, <laughs> And, you know, my mother just wanted me to finish up uh, that year. And Miss Vanderbilt took me aside. He says, Miss Jane, we're going to make a deal here. If you apologize. I said, do you know what she said to me, Mrs. Vanderbilt? She said, I don't care what she said to you. She doesn't determine your life. I never forgot that. I said, Miss Vanderbilt, she said that I was going to be a whore up on Michigan Avenue. That's what she said. And my mother didn't want to believe that a nun would say that. Miss Manderville never doubted me that she said that. Okay, that was a difference, you know, because my mother was raised very differently. But Miss Manderville said, okay, but that's not what you're going to be, Miss Jane. So you're going to go, and you're going to apologize. And when you finish this year, you can go back home. I could even have kissed her ring if she had one, you know? <laughs> But, you know, it was, I went and I did what I was told because she always guided me. 
She was my mentor. She was my role model. I became a social worker because of Mrs. Manderville. I'm Ann DeLisi. I'm Rob Reinhardt. And we're about to bring back the perfect opportunity to honor your favorite pet and support WDET. During our spring fundraiser, Ann and I will combine our shows so you can honor your dog. Or your cat. Or your dog. And WDET with a gift of support. We're looking forward to hearing about your pets, no matter what kind of cat that is. Cats and dogs and any other pet you may have will be part of our fundraiser. And if you can't wait till the weekend, make your gift now at WDET.org slash give. Or call 800-959-9338. I went home. Several years later, I met my husband. And shocking to be, I was 15 years old when I got married. And it was really interesting because in that year, I met my husband. I found my little girl who was left at our doorstep when she was two weeks old. My husband, we were engaged. And, my, and I had to ask Mrs. Manderville because I was a ward of the state. I couldn't just get married. So Miss Manderville came to meet Henry, my husband, and she talked to him all, my husband like was shocked. You know, he came from a traditional Mexican family. What do you mean I'm gonna to talk to a social worker about our lives? I said, well, if you're gonna marry me, that's what you gotta do. He didn't quite understand it, which is good. He didn't understand all of it, which is another good. And so he said, to Ms. Manderville, and they talked by themselves. You know, I wasn't allowed in the room. I'll never forget it. Ms. Manderville came out and said, he's a good man. You're going to be okay, Jane. I've been married 55 years to this man. And yes, in our family of five, my oldest daughter is the eldest. And then I have a firstborn, you know. So it's real interesting how they did that. Her mother never did come back. But the thing that's real important to tell you is this, is this Miss Manderville, who was ahead of the juvenile system, and I was a kid, you know, but she never thought of me as a kid. She said, I said at her when I said, Mr. Manderville, can we adopt Linda? She said, oh no, Miss Jane. I said, you can continue to raise her, but you can't adopt her right now. I said, you're too young, they'll, they'll throw us out of the courts. I said, oh, okay. So, my daughter, when I turned 21, I went back to her and said, Ms. Manderville, can I adopt her now, me and Henry? <laughs> okay, Jane, I can look into it for you, but don't count on it because your daughter is not even your flesh and blood. That's number one. And she said, and you're 21 and she's five years old. Do you really want her removed for a year while they investigate whether you're going to be good parents? And I said, they would remove her, Ms. Manderville? She said, they would remove her, Jane. And I looked at her and I was crying and she said, don't cry, Jane, you've done a great job for five years. You don't tell, I don't tell, she'll be fine. <laughs> and I tell you that because I thought all these years she was just my social worker, just mine, nobody else's. She took care of my mother as well. She, her and my mother had a special relationship uh, for whatever reason. She's 97 years old today. Uh, and uh, in 2014, I received the Citizens of Award from the National Social Worker of Michigan Chapter and, and great social workers. And in accepting the social work degree, the Citizens Award, I dedicated my award to Mrs. Manderville. 
because everybody needs a mentor and a guardian angel and a role model. And it does make a difference. Just one person can make a difference in people's lives. That is so important. So I say that to you because I am, I am a product of foster care. And I just want you to know that with the right guidance, love, anything is possible. And you don't have to show up anywhere else, but to make sure that you give back to your community, and I do, that you make sure that you volunteer, and I do, that you make sure that you remember the people that helped you along your way, and I always do. So I want to make sure that I, I let you know that tonight, because people like that make such a difference in people's lives and you know, if you only saw how many social workers came up to me after I accepted the award, and how many people came up and said they remembered her, that they helped, she helped them when she was at the juvenile system, that she guided them. And here I thought she was just my social worker. <laughs> so I just wanted to tell you that. I wanted to share that with you, that reach out. We are women. We are mothers. We are sisters. And yes, we are breastfeeders, you know? So I say to you very clearly, take the time, bring people along, bring the women, the young women that we have so they can take your place because we have to fill the gap. Gracias. Twisted Storytellers podcast is a production of WDET in Detroit. Recorded live at the Charles H. Wright Museum of African American History by Rassam Cherry. Sound design and mix by Sam Bobian and Rowan Nemisto. Podcast coordinator Joan Isabella. And special thanks to Michael Perkins. I'm your host, Satori Shakur. And thank you, MGM Grand, for supporting Season 3 of the Twisted Storytellers Podcast. See y'all next time.